Hello. Oh, hello, Merlin. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing up there in GQ land? Uh, hang on. I got to get you louder in my cans. Turn it up. Turn the cans up. Uh, Just turn them up. Uh, Just have them no, cranked I to 11. pre-PC pre mix. Keep talking. PP mix. What did you just friendly? Hi. How are you today? Sorry, keep talking. What are you just? Are you tweaking the knobs today? Or I'm very deaf. I'm very loud. Keep talking. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Maybe I can. You know, Skype changes. Some things change. And I'll. I'll edit all this. This will never. No. No. Oh, come on! Don't put the show out. Don't do it. No. Okay, what if we, I, I do... I agreed to record the show. I didn't agree to have the show come out. How about this? Did that change something? I don't know. I, uh, I think, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know about no. this pre-PC mix. Um, okay, listen. Yeah. Listen. I'm here for this. God, you're so quiet. I it's, ma it's maxed out. It's a 10. It's a 10. It's not you. It's me. Hang on. Pre-PC, pre-PC, pre-PC. Am I okay? And there's a buzzing. I'm getting a strong, powerful buzzing from you, too. I'm leaving all of this in the show. This is, is this the show. Like a, like a, like a, sort of like an insect sound? Sure. Yeah. Like a, I hear it, too. That's all huh. you. What have you, done, what have you done over there? To, what have you changed? Oh, Jesus. I don't, I don't think I changed anything. I, the, the whole point of my setup is I never touch anything. <laughs> but, okay. Spotify made me reset my password today and it was extremely confusing because I was already running late. So listen, listen, mm. let's open with this. Good morning, Dan. Good, Good morning. morning. It's Tuesday, uh, optimistic day. Uh, first of all, step zero, let me offer an apology mm. that I am, for me, it's, it's incredible how many times I have been late or have required us to start a little bit later on a per day basis. I, I, I can, I'm, it's inexcusable. Because that's value for me. I, I'm not the late guy. I, I'm mm. the on-time guy. Ask anybody they know, right? So so an apology to you that, that I've done that. I'm very sorry. And I'm going to I'm gonna pay you back with, with the following uh, realization. Okay. Because I have literally been awake for, for less than an hour. I've realized that in these, amidst these troubled times, now more than ever, I have realized what's screwing me up. Partly, especially with morning things. And may I share it with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm dying to know. God, you're so quiet. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I don't know what I want. I keep turning everything up and it just makes me louder. My PPC's all wrong. All right, all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pay you back with the following. God, I'm so loud. The following realization. <laughs> Oh, God. Is this the, the show? What has happened to the show, Merlin? This is the problem, Dan. Okay, here's the thing that happens. Because of that godforsaken notion of daylight saving time, right? Oh, you got to change the clocks. You got to go, you know, field the corn. Uh, change everything for part of the year, you know? As, as uh, Husker Du said, uh, now they put a lie to this, they say, you know, in the song Celebrated Summer, they say, somewhere in April time, we add another hour. Well, what happens when we have the time change? Either way, you spring forward, you fall back. What happens? You're real screwed up, right? In the time before, our phones and what all uh, updated automatically. A lot of people would be late for church or similar, right? You'd be real screwed up. The first day, that Sunday after any time change was always such a mess. Yeah. And on top of it, then, for a few days, you felt really out of it because you had not adjusted 
to this fake notion of what time it is right now, this arbitrary change in what is time, right? And what I realized, I might be making this up, I've literally been awake for less than an hour. I barely had time to poop and make coffee. <laughs> barely. I had to, I had to punch again, as Dan. You, as long as you did it, then it's fine. I can't right? tell you which one took longer, but I'm here, <clears throat> okay? Mm-hmm. I made it through all of last year and I'm here. So, so, so here's the thing. I'm going to pay you back. Good morning. Um, I think I can't pin, I can't pin this to a certain time, but I think that something similar has happened, at least to me with the COVID times. I think we can all agree that time is very strange right now. It's, it's something everybody talks about, but I think one thing that has happened during the COVID times is that I have, we have, there's been a shift. There's two parts because it's always two parts with me. One, one shift is that I think people, at least like me, are falling into something like a more natural pattern of when I would like to go to sleep and when I would like to wake up. Because the demands of, of work have changed or the time schedule of get when, when you GTD changes. Is that what you're saying? Or Hmm. Okay. Is this a bit? Are you doing bits? Well, I'm asking you who I'm asking a, a legit question. As well, man to man. Is it, legit, is it legitimately bronchial? <laughs> well, that's that the real guy. The that was part. the real guy. Did you know that? That was a real guy. Henry Hill? No, um, the, the FBI guy that's talking to them, that's the real FBI guy. Shut your whore mouth. You did is not that know really this. true? Yes, yes this, is, this is verifiable. He's Woof. the guy that actually worked with the real uh, Henry and, and Karen Hill. And, and huh. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same conversation, but he's the real guy. Yeah. He always, what, is he, what do you always want to be? You always want to be a gangster? Is that it? Ever Monster? since he was what, a kid, he, he always wanted to be a gangster. That's right. Out of in, into the oven. Yeah. <laughs> Carried her groceries. Mm-hmm. The other ones you couldn't even sit in. So good. I watched it again. Did I tell you I showed it to my son? I told you that, right? It was Dan. great. Dan, this show will never air. You no. can't do that. No. But, it wasn't like I showed him Logan or something. That would be I'll bad. Share, I, I, if I can get permission from my daughter, uh, I will share with you uh, the notes file that has two members. The two members are my daughter and me. And it's the list, list of things we may or may not watch after mom goes to bed. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've just been going through all the Wes Anderson films except Bottle Rocket. So we started at the beginning. We've been working you, through them. Really? Okay. Quick question. Yeah. We're so deep in the stack right now. We are like th- three parentheses in. Yeah. We have th- at least three open parentheses. Please capture that. Okay. Um, we just returned to I, Claudius. Um. Okay, so what about uh, what about uh, Budapest Hotel? Is is that okay in my head? Okay, the, I feel like there's challenging content in that. Like, for example, like she's just barely old enough that I'm comfortable with. I think with um, uh, what's the <laughs> one with the uh, with the cowboy outfit and the girl in the lighthouse and uh, Die Hard? What's that one? Uh, <laughs> that one is called Moonrise Kingdom, but I, yeah, I like moon, the way you described it better. I think the the, the, the Moon King. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. We actually watched um, them a little out of order. We watched Grand Budapest Hotel before we watched a Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, and we're you, actually you, you, you blew it. There's a machete order for the Wes Anderson films. I'm, I'm sure there happy. is. I don't care. Budapest was okay though. It wasn't. It, why am I thinking? Was it? Is it? Is it well, sexy there, stuff or violent things? There are. There. There. First of all, there's a lot of language, which is a non-issue in so much for, language. The. Um, yeah. The other Adrian Brody, I think, says the F word more than anyone oh, else. Oh, come in on! That film. Don't Dan, don't 
Don't be fatuous. I, I want to know if there was anything in it where you were like, whoa. Okay. You know? No, no. There, okay. There's like one split second booby scene. No, come on. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about adult situations where the things in it, that, that, that ineffable thing that we call adult situations. Was there something in no. it that was, okay, cool. Nothing upsetting. And it's no. got Swinton. Isn't, isn't that a full Swinton? I couldn't believe it. Until I watched it again the other day, I had no idea that was Tilda Swinton. And she, I thought it was just some old woman that they'd cast and it was her. It's like blowing oh, my mind. I had no idea until I was watching the extras. I'm like, what? Well, let me, let me what? drop some truth bombs on you. You, you take, you take a Grand Budapest Hotel. You take the wonderful Wes Anderson uh, animated film, uh, Isle of Dogs. Yes. You take the, the, the wonderful, I like it, uh, Snowpiercer. And she, she's... She's she so really is, and she's tall, and she's Scottish, and uh, ageless. Oh, she's so cool. And she looks like a gorgeous alien. I know she does. She's amazing. But the thing that really grabbed me, I've seen Grand and Budapest Hotel maybe two times before this most recent time. And each time I watch it, I see something that's really special that I missed. Really? And it, to me, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say, it is not my favorite movie. Uh it, but I believe that it may be a perfect movie. Whoa, really? I know. I know. I That's know. big. I know. Huh. Okay. Uh, hmm. I want to interrogate this a little bit. Well, we don't have time for this. We have so many parentheses, Dan. So more than Rushmore, uh, more than uh, the needle in the hay, uh, you know, uh, finger move. The broke the broke bombs, you're so quiet, I can barely hear you. Oh, Merlin. The broke, uh, the broke Tenenbaums, Rushmore, more than uh, I know other ones. More than Fantastic Mr. Fox. Well, yes. And I'll tell you why. Tell if, me why. You're so quiet. Do you want me to call you back or something? Is that what I you- I don't. I don't. But I really need to start completely over here. Also, we need start, to get back to time. Start over. No. No, no. I don't think it would make a difference, Dan. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you don't understand Maybe it's the problem, your ears. I can't hear you. The, the, <laughs> when you try to solve a problem without understanding what the problem is, you don't do that during production, is what I'm saying. Well, you, but okay. you've got to, if you went up on stage and your guitar wasn't making any sound and you're a guitarist. I would find a way to make it jazz and I would make it fun. <laughs> you just, uh, yeah, okay. Marvin Berry. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying, what I'm saying make is. The case, make the case to me, it might be a perfect movie because I, 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 I'm the sort of person who is very, I will very. I was on a podcast the other day where I stipulated something that was, in my opinion, arguably the perfect pop song. Now, mm. whether or not that is, I think it's the discussion of why one feels that way that is the interesting part. It's not the declaration; it's the uh, as the back backup material. Tell, okay. me, tell me about this. Uh, this is one Lo- Lobby Boy. Lobby Boy's in this one, right? Lobby Boy is in this one. So Lobby um, Boy is in this one. Okay. The if you look at his older films, starting with Rushmore, um, especially. Rushmore? That's his second film after Bottle Rocket, right? Y- y- yes. Um, the the elements that are in Rushmore, it's almost like you're watching an artist, in this case, Wes Anderson, you're watching him evolve and develop into what he is now and, and eventually would become. But <clears throat> especially at the time when Rushmore was new and I saw it for the first time, yeah, you don't know that. 99. You're not aware of that. You're not aware that... 
he is becoming something. You're just seeing a movie, but now you can look yeah, it would back be like, on it. Would it would be like walking into Shaun of the Dead and, and and being like, "What am I looking at here? Who is this person?" <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, I mean, you might have seen Spaced in the, in the case of Edgar Wright and known that, yeah, obviously he and Nick Frost and, and the whole crew and you know everybody and Benji and uh, the the lady whose name I'm forgetting right now. You know that's something special, but then you're like, "Whoa, I'm watching, I'm watching." Some kind of a gorgeous flying creature emerged from a chrysalis. What is this movie? Yes. And and so there are there are these character types that he develops. You have the one sort of prodigy kid. And uh and then you've got you've got the uh there's a certain woman a prototype. Forty millimeter lens, laminated cards, well, yes. children in costumes. It's 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 Play, all starting plays, to develop. There's plays and performances, there are books. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. there, you know, but then you have a certain woman character and she's usually, um, smokes and that's a, that's a thing. (laughs) Oh my God. Margo smokes. Yeah, she does. And, uh, that's one of her best qualities. (laughs) That's good. I don't, I'm sorry, but Pepper Potts, she's, she's puffing on a butt the whole time. Fake finger listening in the bathtub. The thing is, Hmm. and I don't, Merlin, I don't give a damn what you think about this. Ooh. Smoking in movies is freaking great. <clears throat> so, mm, okay. I'm sorry. Um, it is. If you, all the best I, movies I'm not disagreeing, Dan, but, but if you ever decide <clears throat> to put this show out, you No know? one's going to hear this. This is for us. Okay. Oh, one for them, one for us, you I'm not encouraging people to smoke. If you, if you smoke- No, you're not. You know, maybe you should stop. But what I'm saying is there's some, hmm. there's, there's an allure to that. Think about oh, uh, Marla in Fight Club. Smoking the cigarettes? <laughs> Find God, something so hotter good. than that. I, I the challenge scene, you. The scene where they're trying to divvy up who gets which meetings. Oh my <laughs> God. It makes me so happy. It's so good. But so, so they have this woman. Ca- but when you watch it, like these elements are there in the primordial form in Rushmore. Mm. And then in Royal mm-hmm. Tenenbaums, they reach a fruition. They are then turned upside down in Life Aquatic and perf- Life Aquatic is a bridge too far. And if you like that bridge too far, it's the best. And if you don't, you're like, what in the hell is this? Wow, you really nailed that. And that that's what I've Because been... that's, that's where he takes, I think, you know, it's, it's like I say, you, you don't know where the sweet spot is until you've gone too far. Right. And in that case, like that's too Wes Anderson, even for a Wes Anderson fan. If you like Wes Anderson as the kind of thing that you would turn into a, a joke bit on SNL about a horror film. Right. And you could still nail it. <laughs> But in my in my opinion, that one goes a bit far. It does. It's also capable of like Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is one of my favorite movies. Wonderful. And how movie. how is it a stop motion thing about uh, this roll? The first half of a rolled doll book with stop motion animals could be so funny and amusing, and still such a Wes Anderson. Movie. I've got Mr. Fox right here on the desk right now. A I little so a little much. statue, and and so in. In Grand Budapest Hotel, all of these elements that might have been over the top or overdone in another movie are subtle now. All of the little mm-hmm. attention to detail that Wes Anderson and, and whoever designs his sets, whether it's him or his, his people, has become just absolutely perfection. The, the font choices. There, Google <laughs> Grand Budapest Hotel fonts or typefaces, and there are people who have really studied this. And it's everything about this movie is a joy to behold. And unlike something like uh, Life Aquatic, which upon watching it again, I realized is an incredibly sad movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, never yeah. really it, connected with how sad it was. It's really freaking depressing. And like, could anybody but Bill Murray stand astride uh. the two conflicting feelings of that movie? On the one hand, yeah, it's, it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Absurd? Like, yeah. funny? Yes. Like, but silly. But standing astride that and, and then, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, he misses Max's father. What's his name? Seymour Cassells? Yes. He misses him so much and he's so sad and he doesn't know what to do except go on this Moby Dick-like journey. Yeah. And how does he, how does he do both? It's, it's so hard. Okay. I mean, all right. I will, I will watch it again. Grand We're Budapest watch Hotel. I, Claudius. Take your time watching okay. it. Enjoy it. And there are so many little details and there's so many plot points and there's so many. And, you know, like when I watch a movie with my son, um, it's kind of a different experience for me because when I'm like just watching a movie or, or watching it with adults, my goal is to not have them speak or speak to them at all because it would ruin the movie, of course. But with my son, it's well, like. Because like people feel like my, my beloved family, they, they have this uncanny ability to decide to say something about whatever. Right. Like at the exact moment that the good part is happening. I know. What, why are you, no, and then now I got to rewind that I'm that guy. Don't do that. And you got to I mean, rewind and the, 15 full seconds and rewatch whatever just happened. It's like talking over the part in Kid Charlemagne where, where Donald Higgins <laughs> says, yes, there's gas in the car. Like, don't talk over that part. That's the payoff. <laughs> Clean this mess up, else we'll all end up in jail. The test tube and the scales, just get them all out of here. <laughs> So when I'm watching with him, I feel like I have a different because I'm 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 a little bit more removed from being into the movie, but in a weird way I get a different perspective on the movie and I see it Oh, absolutely. In a weird way. Have is that your experience too? Oh, oh absolutely. I, I totally agree. I, I I don't know if we ever talked about this, but the um but a similar thing happens when at least for me, when my kid was real little, um for example, going back to things that I hadn't watched in years, I appreciated when we first watched Star Wars. Mm. I made her I, I, the other night. I watched the end of Star Wars three times and cried. And and she said, "I know. I saw it on Twitter." And I said, "Stop, stop following me on Twitter." And you and, don't block said, them. You got to block your family. You can't let them follow block you. Block my family. I said. So you know what happened when they repair the robot at the end? Uh, <laughs> she said, "You cried." I said, "That's right. I cried. I cried when they fixed the robot." And and then his 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 uh, his, his partner, his lover, turns. <laughs> he looks down and doop 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 doop. He walks out. <laughs> they fixed him. He'd been so brave in the trench run. <sighs> um, you will get something different out of a movie that you know very well. So you watch a movie you loved your whole life with a little kid. Mm-hmm. And and the first time you do that, you're like, of course, you're thinking like, gosh, I hope there's no BJs in this or whatever. <laughs> That's why I haven't shown him The Shining because that there's those two scenes. There's I'm the, telling the, you. The, the costume. Room 237, you know what I'm saying? The costumed BJ and then, then the room. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to... How do I? <laughs> that's the the credit is to Costume Beach. That's that's the. That's do the you think because when I mm. was a kid, when I was a boy, uh, younger than him, ten, nine, ten, eleven were prime horror movie watching for me because on the channels where you had like Elvira with movie macabre and and other things, they would show these movies like The Shining, but they they would overdub and and they would have so in in room two seventeen. I don't want to spoil this movie if you haven't seen it. Oh, what did I say? 237. 237. I said 217. Shame on me. So I'll edit that out. So they, yeah. uh, Thank you. there's, there are it's like so clouds surrounding the, the woman so that you can't see anything. 
Oh, I, you're saying it was edited for it TV. It was edited for too. TV. And so there's like, yeah. there's a famous scene where Jack is sitting there at the bar and oh he's talking God. about, I would never hurt him. I love the son of a book. And it had this strange overdub. And <laughs> they said, so son a of a in buck. The Alps. <laughs> yes. But son of a buck stood out yeah. to me like my whole life. I've always remembered that. And the overdub was horrible. Problem is, if you don't see the lady in the tub, I mean. Then what's the point of the movie? I know. You I gotta see the lady in like, the tub. You, you blur it out and you go, well, you can imagine that her bosoms are very upsetting. Like You have no <laughs> idea. How upsetting her bosoms are. You've got to see it. You need to see it. You got to see, you got to see it. And so like, to, okay, right. I don't know. And like the other day, the other day we were sitting there and, and so like before we watch a movie, he will say to me, what, what kind of content do I need to prepare myself for? In this? I'll say, are you well, kidding me? No, I'm not kidding does you. he really say that? Yes, he That's does. Awesome. And I'll say, okay, there's, you know, there's some boobs at a certain part. And he's like, okay, for a long, a long time or just for a second? I think it's just, just for a second. He's like, okay. And, and, and so then he's sitting there the other day. He's like, why, why are Americans so uptight in Europe? They're so, they're not, they're not so mm-hmm. modest. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I'm like, that's a great point. I don't know. Yep. I can't find this. Dang it. While you look, um, let me talk about something I like. Okay. And then I'll try to find this and I'll talk about Hagrid. Okay. Hey, hey okay. Dan, tell me about something you like. I'd love to tell you about Eero. Oh, come on. I use Eero all the time. I used it yesterday. I added a new device to my network. Boom, pop up. Do you want this device? Yes, please. And thank you. You hit a button. Gorgeous app. Great service. Our thanks to Eero. Yeah, done. That's all. I mean, what more can you say? Well, this is one of those things, Dan, like our friends at Squarespace. Why are we we doing this? Why are we here? Why doesn't everybody just get the Eero? You know, it seems so obvious. It seems obvious. What even is Eero? There is a person born every day who is not using an Eero. And I think that's what they're yep, trying yep, to yep, straighten yep, out. Yep, yep, do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these days, Merlin, as you know, people, a lot yeah, of people are ever. at home. So your house isn't just your house anymore. It's your office. It's your school. It's your movie theater. It's your restaurant. And all of this is probably putting a strain on the ancient Wi-Fi device that you have, whether it's the crappy one the cable company gave you and those are the worst, or whether it's something you bought five years ago and it's just not cut out for the kind of network traffic that you have. It's not good enough if you only have a good signal in a couple rooms of your house. You need solid Wi-Fi, you need your whole house. Uh, and all of these, you know, you've got your kids who are, who are doing Zoom for school. You're probably doing Zooms for your work. There's Netflix happening, there's streaming happening, there's downloads, there's updates, there's all kinds of stuff. There's, forget gaming, all of this stuff happening at the same time. And so Eero, which is an Amazon company, covers your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi inside and out. So you're not going to get rooms that don't have Wi-Fi. You're not going to get dropouts in your patio or in your garage. You know, when I'm, basically my garage has become my gym so I want to play music while I'm out there. Before the Eero, I couldn't get a signal out there, so I couldn't use Spotify, couldn't use anything. Now, no problem. It's mm-hmm. the entire house is blanketed with awesome Wi-Fi, and it's so easy to use it. Like you talked about using the app a minute ago, all you do is plug in, plug the Eero into your modem, and it just it just works. You run the app. It it even tells you there's, there's little things called beacons. And they're not range extenders. They're much more than that because they uses this special technology. It, the app will tell you, oh, you should probably have one of the beacons here in this part of your house. And you plug this little beacon in and all of a sudden you've got Wi-Fi in every area of your house. It's amazing. So Eero is here to help make this all better. Go to Eero, which is spelled E-E-R-O, Eero.com slash back to work. You will enter the code back to work 
at checkout and you will get free next day shipping with your order because who wants to wait, Merlin? So Eero, E-E-R-O.com slash back to work. Promo code is back to work for your free next day shipping. Thanks very much to Eero for making this show possible. Thanks, Eero. Buck, buck. I don't want to wait. Um, so when you're revisiting media with a child, I think <laughs> don't do that. we may don't be four, four, like you're so quiet. We might be, I think we might be four parentheses in right now. If mm-hmm. this were Python, we would be like 16 tabs in. That's, 16 why, I that's why I don't you do tabs, Python. Tabs are spaces. You know, do you wash your legs in the shower? Is a hot dog a burrito? So here's the thing. <laughs> is, is a tuna melt a grilled cheese sandwich? Is a tuna melt? Um. <laughs> How much does a tuna melt? Yes. What is a hen weigh? Vim or Emacs. So when you rewatch something with a kid, you 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 reappreciate lots of things about it. Yes, when they're very little, you might fret about boobies. Like who cares about boobies? You know, be European. You know, I do want to. I do want to say that it, it, I, <clears throat> I've I got a whole section prepared while you were speaking about the the Euro uh, program. I wrote down two bullet points. If you haven't seen points. Grand Budapest Hotel, Merlin, I don't okay. want to ruin it for anyone. But there is. Please don't. There. I, I'm just going to say one thing. There is a replacement painting. I'm not gonna. Uh, there's a whole page on TV tropes about that. Okay, there's a replacement painting, which is not. It's just not viewable for anyone. And my son. Ref- oh, I see. This is your. Uh, this is your TW. You're saying, or your pound sign. Uh, pound sign replacement painting. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. And um, and he refers to it. As, <laughs> he referred to it as goat women. <laughs> okay. So as you watch Where this movie, are the goat women. <laughs> Just have that image with you in mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so I'll get through this. <laughs> We're going to get all the way back up and close these parentheses because we have so much content to talk about. That's not what we're talking about for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so there's that. Okay. Anyway, the, the, the point is, so we're watching I Claudius, which is really, really good. Everybody knows I Claudius is good. You know, uh, Ellie Kalin and John Hodgman have a whole podcast about rewatching it called Wonderfully I Podius. Um, so we've been watching that. And of course, here's the thing. She's seen, obviously she's never seen anything from Game of Thrones ever, but she's seen the Harry Potter movies. She's mm-hmm. seen nothing of Game of Thrones. She's seen all of the things that have the 11 working English actors in it. There are 11 <laughs> English actors. <laughs> Who are they? Well, three of them are Bill Nye. Um, <laughs> uh, but you're, you're, you're watching this. And so, but here's the, I'm going to give you another angle on this that I did last night. And by the way, this, this doesn't work. This is for me. This is, this is, this is not for my daughter. This is for me. But um, one interesting thing is like there are pieces of media that I have foisted upon her, attempted to get her into so many times, and it never took, which is, you know, silly, but what the hell? Like some of the stuff has, gone, you know, gotten, gotten good, uh, received good reviews from her, other things not. But there's a movie I've tried to get her into several times, and it's never taken. And it's now a running bit that I will show her a, a wonderful scene from this movie that I'll mention in a minute. And each, each time she says the same thing. She's like, oh, this again? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, this again. It's the the best scene from one of the best of these sorts of movies. And, and, and one day you will have the equipment to be able to appreciate it like a person. So I tried a different angle last night. This is still on the topic, the fourth parenthesis. We're still on, which is different from the second arrow. But I, uh, given that she's never seen anything from Game of Thrones 
She's, of course, seen Doctor Who. She's seen Harry Potter. She's seen the 11 British actors over and over. Oh, oh, she's, uh, oh, like she has or hasn't seen Edgar Wright movies? Mm, but she knows a Bill Nye. <laughs> she's seen Bill Nye in many contexts. Anyway, he, he's not featured here, but I said, okay, listen, okay, okay, okay. She comes back from shower. I got everything loaded. I've already prepared my document. I've got something on deck. You can't see the thumbnail. You're going to have to hit the TV twice to, to pop over to, to where the thing's showing because the, the big reveal, it's important she not know it's going to be this again until I've read her the following thing. You ready? I'm ready. And she's, she's wet. She's, she's be-toweled. And she says, okay. I say, okay. Here's, here's some people. Do you remember Gilderoy, Gilderoy Lockhart? And she says, of course. I said, okay, okay. But the thing we're watching now, Augustus. And uh, I, Claudius, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, guy with, guy with, guy with, yeah, he usually has a beard. I said, okay, what about uh, <clears throat> those uh, Lord of the Rings movies you like? What about Bilbo Baggins? She's like, yes, of course. I said, Hagrid, Hagrid from the Harry Potter movies, yes. Okay, I said, I said you know that, uh, that annoying TV show you like, uh, Gumball? The guy who plays the moon. <laughs> she goes, I, I don't, uh, sure. I say, okay, how about this Batman? She said, which Batman? I said, you know, the Batman you've seen a lot of. She's like, yes. Yeah. Which one is that? Um, uh, 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 um, um, American Psycho. <laughs> Big Short. Christian Bale. <laughs> He's the only real Batman to me. Are you following this, Dan? A slow but sure, yes. I said, okay. I double hit the TV. I pop over. She sees the thumbnail. And she says, oh, this? And I say, yes, this. With the words that I just said, using my mouth hole, I want you to watch this scene again. Did you get the, did you get the, uh, the link I sent? Uh, it just arrived. I'm looking now. Yes, this again. <clears throat> the St. Crispin's Day speech from Henry V. Okay? Yeah. And she said this again? I said, yeah. Yeah, it's three minutes. Is it going to kill Three you? minutes, three 28 minutes. seconds. You've got that. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to, I put it in notes. And uh, yes, this again. And I would encourage the viewer to go and watch this if you haven't seen it. Or if you haven't seen it lately. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. You know what I'm saying? And gentlemen in England now abed. Why are you trying to get her to watch this particular think movie? Think themselves a curse and hold their manhood cheap that they were here with me and fought upon St. Christmas Day. <sighs> so good. It's got, it's got Gilderoy Lockhart. It's got Augustus. It's got Bilbo Baggins. I don't think Hagrid's in this scene. <clears throat> and it, of course, it has a very young Batman. Did you know that? Did you know Christian Bale's in this? I I knew that he was in it. But when you see it, you're like, oh my God, that's that that is Christian Bale. And he's so yeah, was he in Newsies? What was he in when he was a kid? Empire of the Sun. Okay. Um I don't know so if he sang the, in that or if it was over. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna close the bug. Now here's the two things. Uh, is is that is that yeah, on the one hand, like a lot has changed. And these 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 do go hand in hand. Why was I late today? Why did I need to have extra time to poop and make coffee? Why, 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 why? You ask yourself the seven whys. What's happening here, right? And I think something something has shifted, at least for me and for my family. And one of those things is that that, and again, this is like yin and yang. You can't describe one without the other. One of them is that, owing to a, a number of different things, we have a little bit may have a little bit more autonomy with our schedules, in some ways. And and for me, I have a lot of autonomy with my schedule. Uh, but I, as I've said for six months now, yeah, I'm going to bed a little bit later. I'm waking up a little bit later. I've fallen into a more natural pattern of when I would like to sleep. When was this never possible? 
any time before March of 2020. Yeah. Excepting maybe summer vacation when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. But like, most grownups do not have an opportunity or have it forced upon them that, yeah, you know, you're working from home and like, you know, start when you start and get on the call at, you know, whatever. But heavily related. The second part is that like, for example, when my kid's doing Zoom school, which is not school, she's, she's doing computer. But their, their school starts at 930 now. A, it starts at 930. B, it starts in her room where she's already set up with the Chromebook. Do you follow? Mm-hmm. That's very different from me needing to get her to sixth grade by 730. Mm-hmm. It's two hours later and she doesn't have to leave the house. That gives us, so for example, like, I don't know why this happened, but she started taking walks a couple times a day. So she takes a walk in the like morning out, before outside school. in the world. I mean, she's, she's masked, but yeah, she takes 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 a walk. That's or, great. Or I wish my mom. kids would leave the house. Well, it's like Henry V. It's it's kind of just got to happen at the right time, I guess. But anyway, so that's cool. But like for example, like yesterday, she, uh, she and my wife like went out to get like a breakfast sandwich. Could, could you ever imagine going out to get a breakfast sandwich before elementary school starts? Or junior high? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So all I'm trying to say is that, like, I do feel like time has become very distorted for us. <clears throat> this is a very popular topic on the Roderick on the Line podcast. Time is very distorted. It, it's, it's, everything seems longer or shorter than it should be. It is always 3 p.m. I don't know why. <laughs> um, you know, but I think that, I think that that's, that's, what I'm, I think that's what I'm dealing with. 8, 8.30 a.m. Pacific time has always been... S- somewhat difficult for me i'm telling you let's at push the, the show later i want to push the show later dan, do it later dan if that that would be a separate conversation <laughs> i'm not asking i'm not asking for your help i'm asking for your love okay well you so already it, have that merlin okay but you say it thing. at the end of the show you you've got to you have got to repeat it at the I, end of the i do show. that i do that oh. oh oh i do that but the um um, uh, but, 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 you know, the, 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 the thing is here that like, that was always a bit of a stretch for me. That's pretty early for me to be on my game. Mm. But, um, but now it's basically like I'm in a, I'm perm, I'm in a permanent Sunday after a time change. I'm perpetually uh. like on a slightly different time than I used to be. And I have not adjusted some parts of my schedule to accommodate that. And so like, I, I'm, I, 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 I woke up at, man, I woke up at 8.16 a.m. And then I tried, tried to play it off the jet. I was like, hey, is it cool if we uh, start a little bit later? You know? Instead of like, ah. Yeah, right, so, so, so let me. Coffee and poop. Let, let me jump in here and say. Gilderoy Lockhart. I, the people that I know and that I've talked to have been having the same problem as me. And you're the first person that I'm talking to that's not having this problem, which is I'm having like the opposite problem. I'm staying up later and waking up earlier. I'm getting less sleep than I ever. And and, 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 it's horrible. That's more like what's happening with my lady. My lady already has struggles with insomnia. She can fall asleep, but she doesn't stay, stay asleep. And, I, I, I hear that. No, I I hear you. I'm I'm pouncing privilege. Like I, I have, have a privilege. Morning, problem. I'm waking up, Merlin. I don't like that. I don't mean I've always been an early. You don't. Riser, you've never but... liked waking up early. You when you're when you're uh, our, our children are v- roughly well. Your 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 boy Cash and um, my girl Lollipop. They 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 are very roughly closely the same age. Yes. And used used to be time was early days of this show. 
you would say that he gets up at, I believe you said 5.30 every day, no matter what. Yeah, when he was younger, he did. Now he sleeps And, and you know great. how you felt about that? You hated that. Hated it. You like you like the kid in as much as one can like a child, but but that, that part you did not like. No, and now if you, if you just, he has a Casio watch that he has an alarm on, but if you didn't have that, <laughs> he'd sleep till 8.30 or 9, no problem. Regardless of, you know- how early I force him? Wait, to go wait, wait. How long has that been going on? When did he? When did he? At what point did you see the shift from? Is like, it because of school? I don't know. Like a couple years ago, it just all okay. of a sudden changed, and he started sleeping. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so. It's going to be an adolescent soon. I mean, I, when when my lady friend worries about my kid and and all the different things, I'm like, well, you know, we've been lulled into a false sense of security by how awesome our, our kid is. Look, here's the thing: the kids are fine. My mm-hmm. kid is legitimately awesome. Right. Um. And so, so easy to deal with. But, but like, it's not like she's in an iron lung, but she's just really cool. And she like, she does Bulk of the series. things and, huh? Bulk of the series. Is this your homework, Larry? <laughs> Is this your homework? When you meet a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> I um, still want that. I still want that. Can't find oh, it. Oh, just to find the, oh God, I'm gonna look for the censored version. If you can it's, find it, you gotta hook me up. You've got to hook me okay, up. Okay, I sure will. I sure will. Okay, we should we should get out of this, but that uh, that's so interesting, Dan. So, but we the here's the thing though is like unlike previous times when something weird has happened, um, it's you, you have a weird thing where you're like let's talk about you know well I don't, I don't know because I was gonna say it's like it's like uh, climate change, but the thing that people misunderstand about climate change is they used we used to call it global warming, mm-hmm. which is you know an aspect of the problem, but it's not that everything's getting warmer; it's that everything's getting more chaotic because it's getting warmer. Because if it gets warmer here, it might be getting colder there. Oh, look at this. It's snowing on May 1st. Oh, global warming's not real. It's like, no, that's the problem, is weather systems are opposing forces. And like when you when you heat up this area, that changes what's happening over in that area. Butterfly and I think flaps that's the its nature wings of and, the, and, you know, something changes. That's right. Pretty soon you're back in the chrysalis. Chrysalis Records put up Pep, Pep Benatar, if memory serves. But you, but you, uh, but it's not that time has all, has shifted a certain way for everybody. It's the time feels un- almost unknowable where it, like some things, and again, Roderick and I talked about this on, I think a very good episode of Roderick on the line yesterday. I'll put it in show notes in case you want to hear, but John brought this up saying like, do you ever look at photos from like 2010? And like, it seems like both, both like it could have been last week and it feels like 30 years ago, but neither. Right, that's the problem. The problem is that we used to be able to pin things. I said pin things to your chronological board. We used to be able to say like, "Oh, that feels like about six months ago." That feels like, I mean, I can't believe in, in a couple of weeks it'll be a year since we've had our lizard. Like, how did that happen? But 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 at the same time, like I say, it's it's always three p.m. I it's a it's a terrible thing. That's why I'm late. And I apologize. Mm, this is apology accepted. Unnecessary. Thank you, Gildroy Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It also has, uh, you know, uh, so Ian Holm, you know, Bilbo Baggins. But he's also an alien, and I'm really trying to get her to watch Alien. He's good in Alien. Oh, she hasn't seen Alien yet? Oh, Jesus. We're not doing Fane Surprise. I think we talked about this. No, I, I forgot about this. Oh, yeah, she's going to see I'm that. Gonna put Fane, I'm going to put Fane Surprise on the list. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> um, um, oh, oh, so, uh, okay. I, I put some things in notes because... Uh, I don't uh, look at the, those. Okay. The iPhone system on the phone just got updated with some cool stuff. We could talk about that. Yes. I, I, I visited with a, a very cool person um, last week to talk about, uh, nominally about Inbox Zero, but also about working in COVID. We could talk about that uh, article, which just went up. I think I just we learned must about talk about it. About like, it. Like, as I was fixing to poop and make coffee, somebody said, hey, I saw that article. I think this person gets you. I was like, oh my God, I didn't know it went up. That's so cool. 
there's that. Um, or we could talk about we could talk about Henry the Fifth. Nah. Did you have another thing? I see. I didn't have time to. I, I'm totally unprepared. I do have one more thing. One more thing. Oh, yeah. okay, good. Dan, tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you about Indeed. Indeed. I know a lot of people who are job seeking right now, even during this kind of weird COVID situation. And I know a few people that are hiring and they were saying, we're like completely overwhelmed by this hiring process. And that's what Indeed is all about trying to help um, because there's so much information. There's so many applicants. There are so many and it, it just gets very confusing. I was listening to my friend describe this process and it's a nightmare. Indeed is really here to, to help out. So indeed.com, they are the number one job site in the world because they get you the best people and they get them free fast. And unlike the other sites, they give you full control. They give you payment flexibility over your hiring. So you're only going to pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time. You don't have to deal with a long-term contract. And they give you really powerful tools that make your search that much easier. Like one of them is sponsored jobs. So it's just like if you were to look at Google and you know, you'd search for something, you might see a sponsored post at the top that turns out to be like the thing you were looking for. It's the same way with this. You can sponsor a job and they will be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. And, uh, and here's a fact, 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month I, that's a huge number. I mean, that's like the market right there. And you can get access to that. They've helped over 3 million businesses do this. So right now they're offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they will see it faster. So here's all you need to do. Go to indeed.com slash back to work. Go there. You will be eligible to get your $75 credit. You'll support the show by doing it. And uh, this is their best offer available anywhere. Uh, terms and conditions apply. That's the thing I must say. And uh, offer is valid through September 30th. So you've still got time. So go check indeed.com slash back to work out and uh, find that person you're looking for. Thanks very much, Indeed, for making the show possible. Thanks, Indeed. Buck, buck. Have you ever I, heard of something called the, the recurse? Sorry, go. No, I was going to say, I, I was going to quote something I really liked from this article, one of the, the things that you had said, but continue. Oh, oh so, save it. So, did you... um? Had you ever heard of, <laughs> this is funny, this is going to be meta for a second. Have you ever heard of the Recurse Center? The Recurse Center, no. I can't, really? I can't believe you've never heard of the Recurse Center. That, that's a meta joke, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, this is a concept that I learned about from John Syracuse, um, who's my worst friend. Um, the, the Recurse Center is, according to their internet site, uh, a self-directed, community-driven educational retreat for programmers based in New York City. Um, and so, so Syracuse mentioned this to me, and he, he brought this up in the context of, uh, it wasn't pair programming, but I think I was asking him something about how he works and how his job has changed to being, yes, he's very much still a programmer. Just writing Perl also, every day. Just writes Perl. So, yes, yes. But, <clears throat> but a lot of what he does also is like, you know, he's kind of kind of manages now. He does a lot of meetings. He has to, you know, uh, mentor people. Um, he has a team of people that he works. He doesn't talk about this a lot, but I think that's part of his job is he has a team of people that he works with and to some extent mentors. This is, um, and he taught me about the concept of, uh, well, the, <laughs> the phrase, you'll, phrase you'll hear is, um, what is it? No feigning surprise. And on, the, on this page, they have this uh, social rules page. And I, I'm just, I mentioned this just, it's, I'm not, I'm not ragging on you. This is just something that I think about a lot. That's mm -hmm. why that, phrase came to me easily um 
I think about this a lot, social rules. Recurse uh, has four social rules. They help create a friendly intellectual environment where you can spend as much of your time, uh, excuse me, as much of your energy as possible on programming. The social rules are, there are four, no well actuallys, no feigned surprise, no backseat driving, and no subtle isms. I'll put this in notes so uh, other people can read this. The section on no feigning surprise. <laughs> what? You've never heard of feigned surprise? Feigning, feigned surprise is when you act surprised when someone doesn't know something. You know, not, not Dan, but everybody, listeners, internet, please listen to this. Please, please listen closely. Feigned surprise is when you act surprised when someone doesn't know something. Responding with surprise in this situation makes people feel bad for not knowing things and less likely to ask questions in the future, which makes it harder for them to learn. No feigning surprise. Isn't a great name. When someone acts surprised when you don't know something, it doesn't matter whether they're pretending to be surprised or actually surprised. The effect is the same. The next time you have a question, you're more likely to keep your mouth shut. An accurate name for this rule would be no acting surprised when someone doesn't know something, but it's a mouthful. And at this point, the current name has stuck. Isn't that an interesting concept? I'm fascinating. Um, I wish the it, internet would be better about that. You know, this gets back to that thing you always say about the Flintstones. It's like, well, of course the person doesn't know about something. Not everybody, there's this, there's this horrible kind of cognitive, there's probably a name for this, there's a name for this cognitive bias, but assuming that, that like one, one's being aware of something um, versus somebody else not being aware of something. Notice here, I'm not saying knowing something. Mm -hmm. Like just because you know, you are aware of E equals MC squared doesn't mean you understand relativity. It means you know how to say some letters. Oh, you never heard of E equals MC squared? Like the worst. Don't do that. Internet, stop the feigned surprise. It's it's a bad look. And like like these recurse people say, it's going to make people either less curious or less open to learning because they don't want to look like a dope to idiots like you. Go ahead. How do you really feel? I don't know. You're so quiet. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. Dan, where would, uh, Dan, I just barely pooped. Dan, where would people find, I don't, see, I don't, I don't, I don't even have a document for this. We're, we're somewhere near 500, right? What are we 495, on? 495 uh, was last week. So we're up to 496 now. Okay. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, the three hardest things in computing. Anyway. Yeah. It's a uh, naming it off by one error. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Back to, back to work.limo slash yes. uh, 496. 496. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you drive. What are we going to talk about? We just talk about the GQ thing? I think we should. I think it's very timely to to talk about it. Um, I was a little surprised to see this. It came up in my news reader this morning. Um, and, uh, and, you know, this is... <laughs> really? You subscribe to... You have a GQ RSS feed? Yeah, because I'm, I care about, you know, men's style and fashion and stuff like that. And this just showed up in there. Oh, cool. Right, right after 23 Can't Miss Fall Wardrobe Upgrades to buy on Amazon. You won't believe what happens next. <laughs> or, or 37 Fall Wardrobe Essentials Every Guy Should Have in His Closet. More inside. So I read this thing and this is a great interview. I was, I was surprised to see it. I wasn't expecting mm -hmm. to see it. I wasn't expecting to see it in GQ. Of all places? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just online. But I got a note from uh, this person, <clears throat> Danielle Cohen. And, uh, well, I shouldn't read her email. But but the, the essence of her email was, you know, um, <laughs> I could tell. Okay, so let's go, let's go back one parenthesis here. I don't do interviews much. I just, I have my reasons, right? 
Like I, I don't, I, I, it took me too long to realize that a lot of times somebody calls you on deadline to get like crazy deadline. Like it's going to go up tomorrow. If you can't talk this afternoon, you can't be in the article. So every time somebody says a person wasn't available for con comment, keep in mind that they're, they're mopping up the most important quotes at the very, very end <laughs> in most cases. You know, there's yeah. not time, there's not time for fact checking or any of that stuff. It's going to go up on the website, right? The problem is they call you and like they, like, I, like we've talked about, you and I have talked about this. They'll just keep you on the line until they get something close enough to what they wanted you to say. It smells bad. I know it when it's coming and I hate to see it. Um, but in this instance, I thought she seemed cool. And I, I selfishly appreciated that she seemed to get the problem with what those two words have come to mean. I know she might have just been buttering me up, but you know, I'll, I'll do uh, I'll do a show about my old topics once, twice, three times a lady, three times, a couple times a year, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be doing that all the time. I those two words are a millstone to me. They they have not made my life. <laughs> on the one hand, they made my life great, and on the other hand, they've made my life a, uh, a hot toilet. <laughs> and I don't like I don't want to be in a position where somebody comes in and says, "Oh yeah, I, I see that people misunderstand. You're you're trying to help people with their email." And then I end up in the article sounding like, you know, even stupider about not understanding what the world has decided Inbox Zero means. So, close parentheses. So uh, I talked to this lady who did this article. Uh, it, what is it called? How to Communicate in the Work from Home Era According to the Guy Who Invented Inbox Zero. Yeah. It's great. I thought it was great. And they're, they're, they're giving you credit. It seems like they get it. Yeah. I told you, I mean, like two weeks ago, I believe it was, New York Times had a, had a pretty big not big, but like a full page-ish piece about this concept in which I was not named. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, of course, I'm so happy not to be mentioned in that because if somebody, somebody's out there mangling my very helpful idea into something that it is not and trying to treat me like a chode, that hurts my feelings. And then on the other hand, my feelings are a little hurt that I wasn't in there because I kind of wish every article about Inbox Zero would start with a concept uh, probably too cleverly named by Merlin Mann that everybody misunderstands. <laughs> so anyway, we don't have to belabor this, but I, I thought she did a pretty good job with it. And she was able to turn a lot of babble from me. Cause again, I, I don't, I, I have all of this in me all the time. I, and when I finally get the opportunity once, twice, three times a year to drain this particular existential wound, mm. a lot oozes out. And it, you know, somebody who can turn that into an article, you know, and a couple things here are not precisely precise, but she, I think she did a real good job with it. I thought it was a great article. I think you should be proud of it. And I thought um, I, what I liked was that the way that she introduced it, she told a little bit of the history. She talked about your uh, Google Tech Talk in 2007. And then she like brought that into modern day and asked right. you like, what has this become in the world now? And I thought that was what made the article stand out to me when I, when I read it was that it wasn't what is inbox zero. It was, what yeah. was it? What has it become? What does it mean to people? What does it mean to you? And I thought that was great. So I, I recommend this article for people. Yeah. I think it's got some good tips in there. I mean, in terms of turning into a functional component, as, uh, as you say, I mean, mm -hmm. I think, I think, I mean, if, if we, so th that was all just me venting, but I, I do think there are some potentially kind of useful things in here. But, you know, maybe the, again, the, the part that nobody, the part that everybody skips over, right? There's the, when you get a self-help book, what's the rule of thumb? Tear the book in half. And that's about the point when it gets to the point that they're trying to make. I mean, there's a, there's a well-known writer and podcaster now that has an entire book about why there should be 1 billion Americans. I don't want to belabor it. 
But, you know, okay. So the thing here is, I think the, the part that people want to skip over, and it's a bummer because if you don't get this, you're not going to get the rest. It's like, it's like showing up for your first day in a martial arts class and asking if you can play with the size swords and the nunchucks. And you're like, no, that's, first of all, we don't really do that here. That's in Bruce Lee movies. But what you're going to do, whether it's Aikido, whether it's Judo, whether it's Taekwondo, is basically you're going to pay us money to get a gi, a white belt, and about an hour at a time of you getting your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. That's how all of these start. All of the Taekwondo, you're just going to get punched a lot. Um, you know, Aikido, the entire point of Aikido is you will just fall down over and over in hopefully more effective and efficient ways. Ditto in Judo, you're just going to get knocked down and flipped so many times. You don't get the size swords until you've had your ass kicked enough. You're not ready. <laughs> and if you go into any, any conception of inbox zero, skipping the philosophical component, you are going to be hopeless, right? <sighs> I come to think, I'm going to quote myself here, I come to think of it more uh, as more of a philosophy than a methodology. Now, that's important. You can have a recipe, you can have a methodology, you can have a philosophy. Recipe is a very specific way to go and do a certain thing. A methodology is an approach that can apply to lots of different things, but they're all underpinned by a certain philosophy. Like before you get to the specifics of how to cook this particular uh, paella recipe, you've got to understand philosophically that if you burn any food, it will suck. That's a huge part. Oh, well, I'm just going to have fun with this uh, paella recipe. Oh, no, I burned it. Yeah, you burned it because you skipped the philosophy of cooking. Like, here's some conceptions. You could always add more salt. It's difficult to take salt away. There are things at a philosophical level. You know, mise en place. You know, work clean. Clean as you go. Like, do all this stuff. That's all, like, philosophical stuff. That's not a specific tip, but it is a way to apply a methodology that can then be exercised in the service of recipes or what have you. I come to think of it as more of a philosophy than a methodology, he says now. It's about trying to put a stake in the ground with regard to your attention. It's a way of saying some people are allowed to have some of me some of the time. Regardless of what the world demands of me, here's what I'm offering. Not everybody can do that all the time, for sure. But if you don't start by realizing the importance of your time and attention, why would you bother with anything else? If you're just here to pick up tips and tricks, boy, this really, it feels like 2009 all over again. If you're just here to pick up tips and tricks, well, you know, that's, that's garbage. That's, that's, that, that's cocktail chatter. That's not anything that's going to help you get your mind right. You know? Night in the box. Cat in the box. Well, any, any man doesn't bring a spoon back, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, um, but, uh, but that, so Phil, it's nice to get that out, to drain that particular wound, the wound of philosophy. Uh, feels good for me. But then I think of, in terms of the specific stuff, this is either super obvious or like it's just never occurred to you, but like, the beauty of something like Slack is, you know, keeping that thing tuned to how you want to work, turning off the notifications everywhere that you don't need, you know, all, all of that sort of stuff. But I mean, next to the philosophy stuff, I mean, Inbox Zero was intended as a blog post. That's where it started. Mm-hmm. But what was it about? It was about defensive driving. Defensive driving is what I can do to protect myself and others. That it's learning how to, like, however you feel about driving. Defensive driving is the idea that when we teach teens how to drive, you know, defensive is kind of uh, a misnomer because it sounds like you're being attacked and you're not. What you're doing is not assuming that anybody else on the road is going to do the right thing. So when you get to a four-way stop, a defensive driver will not assume that anybody thinks like them, follows the rules, does any of that stuff. That's defensive driving. Inbox zero as defensive driving for, in this case, your email and potentially your life because life is an inbox. I'm going to write it all day long. It's, is the ability to say like, okay, look, I can't change other people. I cannot, 
I cannot alter what people demand demand of me, you know, where, when, like the the more's the pity that anything that anybody can reach you at any time about anything with any expectation. That sucks. You can't change that. But you can try to find a way to say, well, here's how I'm going to conduct my life. Here's how I want to live. That's the defensive part. The offensive part, if there were an offensive part, is the toughest nut to crack, which is other people. If you you are going to, whatever your culture, the culture of your team, the culture of your Slack, the culture of your living room, like whatever is rewarded and accepted becomes the culture, regardless of the you know poster of a boat. What that is, what it is. It's it's the air. It's hegemonic. There's no way to touch what that culture is. But whatever the default way to behave ends up being is your culture. And if that is a damaging, caustic, over demanding, abusive culture that that expects you to respond to every email in one minute, well, no matter how good your defensive driving is, you're still screwed. Do I have an answer to that? I do not. Am I talking like Evan Robert Evans? You bet your ass I am. So anyway, that's the thing. And that, that's, that's as true now as it's ever been. It's, it's just that now we're so isolated. We're stuck doing these, these. We're still doing the meetings, Dan. The amount of time that my wife has to spend watching other people in a Brady Bunch layout is crazy. Um, we're still, it's still very, very difficult. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta protect your neck. It's like Wu-Tang says. So that's, that's defensive driving. That, that's, that's email. That's inbox zero. We'll put it in notes. It's in there. Boy, 57 minutes. You're so quiet. <sighs> no, it's me. It's me. <laughs> well, so we're going to talk about, well, we could come back to iOS 14. And you're going to have to move all those links to the next episode if you do that. Oh, criminy Pete. And you know, the one that I didn't put in that I should have put in, I, I discovered later because um, I, I was trying to prep for this. I put a, so basically here's the thing. iOS 14 is out. Um, Daddy likes it. Um, I've spent a fair amount of time with it uh, in beta and in this release. Um, I've read a lot about it. I've watched a lot of videos. It's really good. I don't think we have time to do the deep dive today. But you know what I will add to notes? I'm going to write it down. I'm going to put in, is her name Joanne Stern, the woman at Wall Street Journal? Yes. She, I mean, legend. You know, what's a hero? But like, I feel like her videos are so good. Do you remember her video for our, the first Apple Watch video? It was so good. Her videos Basically, are really, 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 really great. She's so, she's so, I don't know, what do you say? She's, she's so, she's so funny. Um, she, she, but she's still very focused. Her, her, her humor is not, is not annoying in the usual YouTube-ish way. She's got, she's not just funny. She has a sense of humor and there's a difference. Look it up. Uh, so I will put that in notes because her uh, 14, 14 features of iOS 14 was very good. That's the one that I asked my lady friend to watch. <laughs> I lobbied, lobbied hard to the other uh, humans in my house. I said, look, so iOS 14 update is coming. I would, I would really, you don't need to nerd out about this, but before you install it, I really suggest, you know, at least watching like a YouTube video about, about this. You don't have to read like a giant, like Mac story style article about it, but let's put it this way. If you suddenly had an app library show up, when you're, you have a, like a very beloved, you know, folder structure already, like, wouldn't that be a little confusing? Yeah, it's very confusing. Day one, um, with the beta, I, I had, added a widget. So I turned on app library. I turned off all of my pages, but the first page, like you can do. And I added a widget at the top. My icons shifted down, but there was no second page for them to go to. Right. <laughs> So like, I was like, ah, 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 how, how, how do I get my icons back? And it's not super obvious. You could, you could guess or infer that they're in that, you know, 
somewhere in app library or in, they're on a page that you've hidden. But like, I don't think it's, it's trivially easy to know how to add an icon, like an app from app library back to the homepage. Again, if that's all, and this is such a great point of Joanne, Joanne, I want to say, I feel like I'm saying her name wrong. Is it Joanna? Joanna Stern? Yeah, Joanna, the Joanna her, Stern. That's what she said. I thought. Joanna. Yeah. So oh, she's yeah. laying out this idea. Like, there's there's a lot of great stuff in here. A lot of great stuff under the hood. But like, it, here's the theme that's going to keep coming up: is it is not obvious what is happening here that this can happen. Force touch or whatever it's called is gone now, um, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it gone? seems to be. And I don't know if you're seeing this too, but I find that like I I got very used to selecting text. Like if I if I had typed something and there was a typo in it, I would hold my thumb down on the word and it would select the word. Mm -hmm. It's not doing yeah. that consistently anymore. I think, I mean, I think what it does is because there was some tech and financial cost to having true force touch or 3d touch, whatever it's called, because that required a screen that would let you, that would like get stuff without a context clue. I think, you know what I mean? Like obviously there's some context clues. It knows where you are, but like the, the, the that ability to just press on the keyboard and have it turn into a, um, a cursor, you can still do that, but now you got to hit the space bar area and it does still have a haptic, but it is, it is different from what used to be there. So what you're describing was it used to be very fast and very intuitive once you knew the trick to, I mean, one of the best tricks on iOS, I don't know how many people know this is if you're in text somewhere you long press on a word and start dragging. I, I bet there's a fair number of people who don't know you can do that. And it's, it's, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Little things like that, but all these little changes and stuff. And, and it's like, I don't know. It's, um, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of little changes and even, you know, not all of these things are necessarily documented anywhere or like you really? were talking about with, with <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's documented in the, for developers though. I'm sure it's extensively, oh, I'm sure yeah. every API mm -hmm. and feature is heavily documented. I'm sure there's an official page you can go to, to find literally everything that you could say in Siri and what it does. I'm sure that exists. But you know, I don't, there's so many things like I right away, I'm like, I'll put some widgets on the home page, but I don't, I mean, on the first page, but like I got rid of them almost instantaneously. I really didn't like having them there. And I, I mean, I'm, I used to have an Android phone. Remember my experience, experiments with Android. Yeah. And yeah. It seems like every year. Or so you, you, you try out the latest and greatest to see what it's like. Yeah. I haven't done that for a while, but having the, um, having the widgets on the main screen, like it was weird because not only like I have a set number of apps that are on the main screen and there's sort of like a placement for them. So like I'll have Spotify on the mm -hmm. lower right so that I can hit that if I'm it's easier to hit if I'm, you know, in, in the car. We're not allowed to touch our phones while we're driving in Texas. So I have it up on a little a little thing. So like if I hit a stoplight or a stop sign, it's like right there. I can, you know, I don't have to think about where it is. It shifted all of that stuff. There's a huge space now between the bottom icons and the little deck at the bottom, the, the bottom row of icons and little deck, which I don't appreciate. Um, also having the widgets on the main screen made me feel confused about why there were also widgets on this left-hand thing that when you reach mm -hmm, the end and yeah. slide over and like, I don't want that to be there anymore if I can just put widgets on the main screen. So there's redundancy now and there's confusion now. And well, I don't perhaps. like any of that. Keep it, make it simpler. Okay. And I, I mean, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. But like, so for, so for example, there's, there's something I didn't know that I learned from that uh, Ms. Stern uh, video, 
which is the so one of the most powerful things with the widgets is what's called a smart stack. And what I didn't realize is that in this, you know, in iOS, you know, you can drag and <laughs> if you can do this, if you have the amazing physical skills to do this, you can drag an icon over another icon, pause, if you can catch it because it runs around like a Pac-Man ghost. But like if you drop one icon onto another icon, what happens? It makes a folder. What I didn't know is that if you drag a, so there's small, medium, and large widgets, and I have not tried this yet, but I saw this in her video, and I was like, whoa, you drag a widget onto another widget, and that makes a stack. That's pretty cool. And this is, this is before we even get into stuff like new third-party widgets, things like the drafts widget is insane. And of course, as we all know from youths and TikTok, uh, uh, underscore David Smith's um, widget Smith has really blown up. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot to this. I, I hear you. My only, my response to that would be, and so we've all wanted some changes to the finder on the Mac for a while. Um, we've all wanted some changes to the home screen, whatever we call it on, uh, on iOS, right? Maybe more flexibility, maybe more Androidness, but different people want different things. But owing to what might be regarded as the deficits of some, some of the wayfinding on iOS. I mean, I found myself, I, Dan, I've had a, I've had more than 10 pages of apps for years. And I know that's crazy, but when is it a good day to go in and try to clean all of that up? I used to do it on iTunes, right? In the, in, on the Mac, because it was easier than trying to do that onesie twosie on iOS. Well, you're talking how about how in you, the hell you, do you move? Yeah. Okay, you just downloaded a new app. Where does it go? Last page. Okay, if, given that that is my interest, primacy and recency, given that is my interest right now is to get this app somewhere where I want it to be. Tell me how easy it is for you to drag an app across 10 screens without dropping it somewhere and having to start over or generating a new folder called games or whatever. How do you get that on the homepage? And then what happens when you drop it there? Well, guess what? Other stuff falls off. Now, where did that go? Well, I guess I'll just spend my day dragging. So, of course, I've always had 10 pages of apps. iOS comes along and does an incredibly un-Apple thing. Um, well, they do some very progressive things. We'll talk about it in a second. But the, the retrograde, retrogressive thing that they did, hey, you know what? It's a real pain in the ass to get rid of all these apps you never use. All these apps you got for one day to be able to use a parking meter. All these apps that you got to be able to like uh, set up your drone or whatever it is. So much stuff I got from third-party vendors that now I can do from HomeKit. That new device that I added yesterday, I did it from inside HomeKit. I have, I have one HomeKit item right now that doesn't even have an interface other than HomeKit. It's a camera that was made for HomeKit. And that's the only way you can see it. It's the only way you can configure it, et cetera, et cetera. So what do we do about those 10 pages? Well, do we come up with an incredibly sophisticated way to... Blah, blah, blah? No, no. We're going to let you, in about 30 seconds, just hide all of those. Just, it's basically like opening a closet, discovering you have a second house and shoving all the stuff you don't want into there. It's not very efficient, but it does work. But what's the progressive part? The progressive part is, at least for me, the way that I use my phone has changed a lot over the years. It used to be all about the new apps, whether that's a fart app or a flashlight app or an app that makes it look like you have a mustache or drinking a beer. Like it was all about the apps, you know, can't wait to see what you do with this. But like, truthfully, I can look at screen time and tell you, it's way beyond 80-20. There's, there's maybe 10 apps that are, that, there's 10 apps that I use and then there's a long tail. You know what I mean? So I have gotten into the habit over the, over the, especially the past few years, 
especially since I started using an iPad with a keyboard, is using Spotlight to get to whatever I want. So if I'm on my homepage, do I scroll all the way to the ninth page? Do I just keep searching to find an app somewhere here? No, I use Spotlight. Now, Spotlight has gotten better on iOS. Spotlight on iPad OS has gotten way better. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, it's almost like LaunchBar in some ways. It's just, it's so good. You could use it as, it's Google for your phone, basically. But here's the other part, is that I adapted very quickly in the beta period to like what they're trying to accomplish here. And it's working out great for me. It's made me not hate my phone as much. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I forget, I forget if I mentioned this here, but like, well, again, we should, we should, we should um, bounce because we're running long. But oh, yeah. my basic setup with widgets right now um, is, yeah, I have a bunch of, I, you know, today view is my playground. That's where I go and I mess with different things. Um, you know, uh, that, that's kind of where I experiment. My homepage, since pretty much the first day of this, has been exactly the same. Think of it as three vertical areas, right? Oh gosh, it's gonna make me look, right? Um, so on, on my homepage of my phone, um, you get, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six vertical by four horizontal, 24 icons, correct? Do I get that right on the home screen? I think that's right. Now, when you drag in a widget, you can have different, different sized widgets. You can have a widget that's two by two. We talked a little about this, but right now my setup is this. I have a smart stack widget uh, at the top, a medium, which means it's two down by four wide. Have I talked about this too much already, Dan? I mean, for people playing along at home, I think this is important setup info. Okay, so uh, this is me. And uh, at the top, I have a smart stack that would, and a smart stack is a thing where, you know, it'll give you what it thinks you might need right now. You could say like, don't, don't never show me stonks you know, different kinds of things. Like, here's the things I want up here. But it's pretty good at giving you what it thinks you want right now amongst these particular Apple things, okay? So so two down, four across at the top is a smart stack that is almost always showing me photos, which is, I, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed as a former seasoned technologist to say this, but it's the greatest thing about iOS 14, is throughout the day, I see photos, old photos, photos of like something that happened on this day previously, it's the best. And my wife and I are just forever sending each other pictures of like pictures of our baby and stuff like that. That's great. Okay, in the middle, again, now two, two uh, so eight, eight icons for apps. These are my go-tos, my goes to, right? So these are things I always want on the homepage. I want, you know, settings is always in the upper left. Camera's always in the upper right because that's where the, you know, lens is. You know, HomeKit, Overcast, et cetera, okay? Those, those don't change, right? But what's below that? It's a, it's, what is the actual name of it? It's a Siri widget that's giving me eight icons for apps it thinks I'm going to want. And as discussed, and we'll discuss this more, this is huge. It's not what you use the most. It's not what's most popular. It's not what's featured on the app store. It's apps that it has figured out you're likely to want right now. And I, there's so many examples of this where I, I may be applying some kind of magical thinking to this, but there are things that I do every morning and it knows it. And that icon pops up. There are things that I do every Thursday or Friday. If I'm going to record You Look Nice Today, I need to put up my Lumi Cubes. And guess what? The Lumi Cube app shows up around 11 on Thursdays. It's wild. It's very cool. Um, it's very cool. So, so to, I hear you, and I think this is why I said this to my family, is it, it's a good idea to acquaint yourself with what you're in for when this changes. Because it could be, it could be real strange. It's also weird that like you're not going to figure out what a lot of this is for unless you start getting comfortable with long pressing on something to see what it does. I mean, did you know that in a in a uh, in this series stack, 
if you don't if you don't if you think it's uh, if you don't want an app to show up anymore in there, guess what? You long press and say don't show this in this uh, area anymore. But it's I adapted to it quickly because I don't use my phone the same way as I did in two thousand eight two thousand nine. I don't I don't use all of those apps. If I need an app, I can find it. But even better than that, if I need an app, there's a pretty good chance it knows I need that app, which is Disney Magic. Right. So we should come back and talk talk about this. I'll add that uh, Ms. Stern uh, video um, to notes, and uh, people can check that out. Um, but I, I think that's plenty for the people. Yeah, I think so, too. And I would definitely like to delve into this a little more next week. Yeah, well, you know, uh, have, a look, have a look around. Um, look around you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I might go back to bed. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> Quiet. Okay, um, Dan, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Yeah.